Last week on the Glass Cannon Podcast. Adriel so well just mount up and uh, just... <laughs> she starts lifting up and then, boom, goes invisible. Reinforcements race to the Cloud Castle. And yes. you just take <laughs> off into the sky! <laughs> On the back of a red dragon. Do not let go. This is a moment. She dips down and now is just dive bombing at the castle. It's getting closer and closer. But the storm tyrant's power proved too great. And her eyes just glaze over. You can oh, see no. those huge eyes. No. There's nothing. Stay with us. There's nothing but a, a deep purple, inky darkness where the pupil and oh, whites of her eyes once were. In a flash, her tail comes up, grabs Adriel by the waist, and just flings him off of her back. Oh! Over there. Sir Will, you just see Adriel disappear oh, into the no. clouds. Adriel! And the last knight of Highbury now stands alone outside Iron Cloud Keep. You open your eyes and you see that you are on an empty platform. <gasps> the adventure continues. And you look behind you, and there are stairs leading up to a door. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. Joe and Skid and I hopped in the elevator, went downstairs, and Joe was like, I love this weather. I love it. If I was home, I'd be outside and we're recording. And I was like, ha And I walked a little bit, and then I came back, and I remembered, I hate this weather. It's like 84 oh, degrees yeah. out. It is fucking awful. I'm tired now. Even though we got AC in here, I'm just tired from being out in that oppressive heat. 84? Oh. <laughs> My God! Oh. If you, you know, really do need to move to Lake Placid, for everyone oh. listening, he is. It's Fahrenheit. That's the <laughs> eighty-four is the temperature he's complaining about. Oh, Fahrenheit. This, you know, sweating all my nooks and crannies. <laughs> It's just so uncomfortable. And Unbelievable! Now I just feel How like do you I'm, live here? I'm walking through six soup. months out of the year. I don't know. I stay indoors. I stay in air conditioning at all times. I come out uh, like a groundhog. I see my shadow. I run back in. Uh, if I'm sitting on my porch drinking a beer, it's fine. But if I just got to walk from point A to point B in this heat, I hate it. You do great in the army. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think they'd love you. You know what? Probably the modern army, I'd do fine. They can't. They probably can't yell at you or like call you names. That's true. Yeah. Be like, can't I don't want to be in the heat. <laughs> well, all right, we're not. We can't yell at you, so. <laughs> You go sit in the barracks, in the air-conditioned barracks. Um, yeah, all right, you go sit in the sunroom. And, uh, <laughs> new, new laws. We're not allowed to uh, make you feel bad about your personal preferences. Uh, yeah, I would just sit in the air conditioning all the time. I, I, I hate it. I really, really do hate it. it this, the ty- this, the, the, I don't like being uncomfortable, first of all. And I don't like uh, sweating. And it also just makes me tired. All right. I, do, I have never gotten used to the humidity out here. I will say that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, really humid days suck. But I mean, you got to get well over ninety. To- Today is oh. nice. Today is a, an objectively nice day. So gorgeous. This is prime time. Low eighties yeah. is wonderful. 
gross. I dislike it. I can't believe I'm agreeing with Troy, but I dislike it. Are you, you kidding me? You're also the only the two hum- members wearing humidity. pants right now. You should dress appropriately, and I should silence. You should silence phone. your phone. <laughs> <laughs> I do you that. dress appropriately, <laughs> and I should silence my phone. <laughs> um, these are these are summer pants. Yeah, uh, Lynn, I showed up professional. I showed up. They're looking professional <laughs> yeah. to work today. What if a client comes in? Yeah, <laughs> we, have, we have to be presentable. What if a random police officer walks in looking for a murderer? Which has happened. <laughs> which has happened. Yes, yeah. that's true. You look like you're wearing pajamas. That's what the if problem. They happened to be with the fashion police. Then we'd be in trouble. <laughs> what if they? What if they were? The, what if they like came in like we're looking for a murderer and like oh my god a murderer and they're like. Of fashion, <laughs> and, they're, uh, and then they, they like, took off their clothes, yeah. Yeah. like sexy cops, sexy cops. Hot, cops. hot cops, hot cops. It's really the humidity that gets me. It, oh. The humidity is terrible. I will agree with that. Oh. I just uh, if it were if it were <laughs> if it's sixty degrees and humid, I'm still I still feel gross. But it's not the it's not the temperature. It's just that I just want to. Yeah. I want it to be fifty five degrees. 365 I, I prefer that for sure yeah 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 there's nothing wrong with that uh, just saying that 84 is oppressively oh. yeah. <laughs> it's not quite there it like, gets way worse here so you have to you have to pace yeah. yourself yeah i bought a warm cookie and i was eating it while waiting for my sushi <laughs> why are you again, buying like heated food yeah are you drinking milk out there <laughs> I got hot cocoa <laughs> the bad choice no, I, oh, the cookie we have a really famous cookie place here and I don't live here anymore I was like oh and the cookies are warm they're right out of the oven so I ate it and I was like I can't even enjoy this cookie so hot <laughs> It's not, it's not hot cookie weather. I will. I'm trying to sip on my steaming hot chocolate and eat a Mrs. Field straight out of the oven. Can't do it. Is that the famous cookie place here? It's Mrs. Mrs. Field. No, no, no. <laughs> well known Astoria joint. Uh, Mrs. Field. It's a famous place. Famous what Amos. Maybe what, it's, what, <laughs> oh, it's there. They sound famous. Original Ray's cookies. Where? What cookie? What is the cookie place? Uh, Chip, there's, it started out with just one little location over off of 30th Ave, That's and now there's one here near Dittmar's. They're all over the city. There's one in oh. in uh, Brooklyn. Uh, they have Chipmobile that goes around How town. How much oh. is a cookie? I don't know. I gave her a $300 About- bill, and I said, keep it. <laughs> I was feeling generous. <laughs> he was delirious with the heat. Yeah, 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 I was like, I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't want the change. <laughs> I think it was four dollars. I think the cookie was four dollars. But it's a big it's ass a big cookie. cookie. It's a big cookie. It's a big, a big cookie. cookie. Well, like I wonder if that's lobe, why you're lobe. tired and miserable and sweating. Now you just ate a half cookie. a pound cookie. I will admit, I did not think about the impact the cookie may have had on my mood. And I did eat it before I ate. 12 pounds of sushi. <laughs> and I thought while I was eating it, it's fun being an adult. <laughs> I can do this. I can we eat all, we a had dessert a, and then four pounds of raw fish. Right. <laughs> the other great part is we had an email exchange recently about how, like, you know, we got, we should start, we should cool it on the sushi lunches. And then oh, yeah. The minute we were like, is it lunchtime? Sushi? Kind of want sushi. Yeah. <laughs> Should we just get four sushis? Grant, you're out. Grant's like, no, I'm going to go light. I'm going to get a double bacon cheeseburger. <laughs> it was a single patty, and you know it to wash down that grinder you ate before. We... <laughs> yeah, you know, the breakfast, and that the was late a, breakfast grinder. Say grinder? That was the breakfast a, grinder? It was yeah. a bacon, egg, and oh. cheese croissant. <laughs> and it went beautifully together. <laughs> oh, God. Now I'm having a nice Pilsner. <laughs> it's nice. 
<laughs> it's good to be back in the studio. Good to be back in Queens. Uh, good to be back playing Giant Slayer. That is for sure. Oh, man. That was a fun app. Like, I sometimes I feel bad with apps like that that are all focused on just a couple characters, like our version of a bottle episode. Uh, but it was fun just to watch Skid Matthew. I could tell you were into it, which was fun. Oh, yeah. Because um, the story, we're, we're, we're wrapping up some, some loose ends. Skid and I talked about it uh, after the fact, driving out of here. We were just like... I was so glad. I was like, I'm so glad you're there, even though your character's not there, because like, there's so much that's added to the scenes by the players that aren't there. Whether it's jokes or, in Skid's case, there was the um, just that image of the uh, of Lexington on the top of the crumbling tower, like howling at the sky as the dragon is flying away. It stuck with me. Like that image just stuck with me. Yeah, and without I was Skid saying, here, we don't get it. I was saying that the way I was picturing it is, it's like he's it's it's it's, lo- it's a loneliness howl because it's like his master is like leaving his side, and Joe is he saw it a different way. He's just like, no, this is like we're we're going to war. Like this is that's, that's him saying, "Get ready because we're coming," you know, and hell's coming with us. You know, but none of us speak wolf. So exactly. Yeah. So who's to we'll say? We'll never know. Who's to say? Oh, yeah. Or maybe he's just going into a verse of werewolves of London. I'm curious to see why you left him. Oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, there's a lot to a uh, lot to figure out there. Did you think um, when I had you falling that you were? I was just going to kill you because there was a save involved that you may have failed. With the I think you rolled like a twenty-five. Did you think? Wait, is he just going to make me do all this work just <laughs> to kill me? No, I, I did not think. When I said wham, there wasn't a second of like, wait, did I just hit the ground? Yeah. Well, I just didn't worry about it because I could hit the actual ground and it would be twenty d six, which I could easily handle. Max so. twenty d six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sir Willem McKeswick being a superhero. Uh, it wouldn't matter. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, that, that what went through my head was I don't know where I am, uh, but I definitely wouldn't uh, be dead. I, n- that never occurred to me. Okay. All right. Just Lexington. He's gone. <laughs> That's why I left him behind, so you couldn't kill him. Yeah. <laughs> Seconds after you left on Naximara, another dragon came down, and as he was howling, just swallowed him in one gulp. <laughs> <laughs> Another oh. ancient red dragon. <laughs> they just happen to be passing they by. They travel in pairs. They always travel in pairs. <laughs> Google it. Um, well, we get a, we got a lot of ground to cover here. It's it's always interesting to uh, bring bring a new character back in. Uh, we've sort of made an art form out of it now, where there's so many people uh, floating around in this universe. Um, but before uh, Sir Will comes to on this platform outside of Iron Cloud Keep. We're going to hop into the Imagination Copter <gasps> real quick. Oh, what? Yeah, they call me Old Curveball of Valley. I want a curve. I don't even have any sounds ready. He throws the heat, and he hates it. <laughs> Get this away from me. It's, so, it's about too hot. What a cursed existence. <laughs> <laughs> it is my gift, my curse. I want you to imagine um, a group of men and women gathering around a, a man that appears to be taking his leave. Um, they're like saying goodbye and there's some hugs. You can tell like this person is leaving and the rest of them are saying goodbye. The people all appear to be Osiriani. But unlike the rest of them, the man that they are saying goodbye to 
is not Osiriani. In fact, if this was the HBO version of this podcast, you would recognize that man by now as Thune. Oh, wow. Mm. This is not half-orc orc Thune. Uh, this is not the elf Thune that we saw one episode watching the tug of war. This is the human Thune that brought the children to Assyrian. The people gathered around him are, like I said, hugging him, wiping away tears. Some of the men are giving him firm handshakes with their hand on his shoulders. And as this is happening, we switch to a different perspective. We see a, a teenage boy taking this scene in from afar. He has a mop of dark auburn hair and piercing green eyes, just watching all this go down, sitting on a rock, staring intensely at this scene, focusing his attention particularly on Thune, watching him. Eventually, Thune starts to distance himself from the group, He mounts a horse with several bags tied to its back and starts to slowly gallop away. He gets about 200 meters or so away, and before he dips away from their view, he turns to wave at the gathered members of the tribe, and they all return the gesture. Time passes. Now we see Thune on his horse, trotting along a well-worn path. He stops near a copse of gnarly desert trees with a stream nearby. He dismounts, leads his horse up to the stream. He bends down and and grabs a handful of water and splashes it over his face. He takes a second handful so he can drink it. The air around him is still and quiet, but for a passing breeze. He looks above and sees a carrion bird ominously circling overhead. Thune looks back into the water at his shimmering reflection and says, Do you plan to follow me all the way to the shackles? You may show yourself. A young teenage brandier dismisses his invisibility and appears about ten paces from Thune. Is that why you're leaving? To run away from our circle and become a lawless pirate? No, Brandir. Not quite. Creatures such as I can only stay in one place for so long. We crave change. Without it, we will perish. I was charged to bring you and your brothers to safety here in Osirian. I have waited 16 years watching you grow. But now I must start a new chapter as you one day will do the same. Brander looks at him. Who am I? Why, you are Brandir, the one who shall master time. (laughs) No. Who am I really? I have asked you ever since I can remember, and you've always deflected, saying it matters not 
Yet now you walk away, your duty complete in your eyes, and I may never see you again. You owe this knowledge to me. How would you feel to not know anything about who you really are? Thun stands and looks Brander directly in the eyes. I don't. Perhaps at one time I did. But over time those memories have faded, replaced by new ones, new faces, new lives. Such is the way of my people. I have learned to live with this, and so must you. But I am not some pathetic, wandering changeling. I am a man. A man who deserves to know his origins. A man who should be able to seek out his past and learn the truth. Thunel walks towards Brander. There's a little look of a fierceness in his eyes. And you can see a little fear, perhaps, growing in Brander's young face. You are not a man. You are a boy. And a spoiled one at that. Your birth parents would never have coddled you the way these good people do. I have withheld this knowledge from you and your brothers to protect you, but also to protect them from you. What are you talking about? I... I love my brothers. I would never do anything to hurt them. Speak plainly. Thun continues to just stare at him silently. Brander meets his gaze. He sees something in Thun's eyes and understands. I know that they have perished. I always knew. I know that my parents and my brother's parents made the ultimate sacrifice so that we may live, but I also know that there is a power growing inside of me that may be able to change all that. I could help you, too, one day. Maybe I could return you to your past so that you could know who you are. I know who I am, Brandir. I am Thun. And you, you descended from a great circle of druids known as the Council of Thorns. What? You were born many leagues from here to the north, in the shadow of mountains, in the cradle of nature. Your father, along with his brothers and sisters, killed themselves in a powerful ritual to rid the world of a great and growing evil. To protect not only you and your brothers, but all those who suffered under the reign of the evil they snuffed out. But what they could have never known is that in destroying one evil, he looks right at Brander, they may have unleashed an even greater one. Hmm. Brander, perhaps missing the true meaning of what Thune is saying, just blurts out, and my mother? 
What of her? Did she take part in this ritual as well? For the first time, Thune's look towards Brander softens ever so slightly. No. She died mere hours after you were born. Your entrance into this world was too much for her body to bear. Brander just stares at him. Unmoved, or maybe so moved that he can't speak. Stoic, in some ways. And then his gaze goes towards the ground. Thun continues. And now you know. Perhaps this is how you were meant to discover all this. My part in this was always known. I am sorry. Sorrier still to leave you with this knowledge. Thun gets up, slaps the water off his hands, walks towards his horse, gets there. After checking the bags, he turns to Brander. Dark days are ahead for you, Brandir. Darker still, if you cannot prevail against your nature. I wish you luck in your journey. And should our paths ever cross again, I hope we will be on the same side of the battle. Thun waits, and Brander just looks up and continues, staring at him, wheels turning in his head. Finally, he just says one word to Thune. Coward. (laughs) And he levitates ever so slightly off the ground, turns away, and goes invisible, leaving Thune alone with his horse in the desert. Hmm. And from there... High shot, spinning, looking down on Sir Will, (laughs) lying on this platform, jutting out from the rocky base of a flying cloud castle. Wind maybe got knocked out of you. You come to. What do you do? He sits up. Looks around. Maybe a couple broken ribs. Yeah. Let me just roll 20 d6. <laughs> he looks around. Sits up. Pulls hair out of his eyes. Looks to the left and right. Sees he's alone. Looks at the crack in the stone where he landed, where just his fall in the armor broke marble. (laughs) (laughs) Superhero. Yep. Leans up onto one elbow. Adriel! Adriel! He's trying to not raise his voice too much. He knows uh, they probably can't hear much over the wind, but doesn't know where he is, and he's very 
concerned for Adriel, but then he stops and he thinks. Falling for Adriel is not a concern. He knows of Adriel's sorcery and knows that he would not die from such a fall. But where could he be? He thinks, I'll have to find him. Perhaps he landed elsewhere on the castle walls. He stands up, uh, reaches down, grabs his lance that has fallen on the ground. Half of it hanging out over the edge. (laughs) Teetering. Teetering. (laughs) He grabs it, pulls it up from over the edge. The castle banks real quick. (laughs) Ah, Medical man. (laughs) He stands up and looks at these huge doors. And he just stands there for a moment. The lance, the butt of the lance now set down on the ground. The lance extends six feet into the air above him. And just a red banner flapping in the wind. (laughs) Pennon. Pennon with a red, with a, a black griffin and a black wolf across from each other rampant on a red field on a blood red field from there we cut inside of Iron Cloud Key (laughs) (laughs) let's go to the map Oh, back to the map. You might want to look uh, towards the north of the map, and you'll see a tiny little <gasps> halfling. Look at that. What? what? I got to get there. No. I'm not there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Meanwhile. <gasps> There's my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> From up in the ladders beneath the engine room come Baron. Metra, Nestor, and Dalgret's body. You walk out back towards that room where the statues are. Your goal, if you remember, was like, we got to get back to the janitor's closet, the Renfall's uh, space to to rest. Um, How are you approaching? What type of precautions are you taking in case there's been other people coming through? Do we have do we have invisibility or anything to cloak ourselves in darkness? I have darkness. Actually, I, I do have invisibility. Mass. No, but I have enough castings that I could get make all of us invisible, okay. and we okay. could just carry Dalgris' body. That's uh, <laughs> uninvisible. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think actually, if we carry, if we're carrying Dalgris' body, he would become invisible as well. Yeah. Right? He's yeah. He's like it's nothing more than an object now. He's yeah. Nothing more than an object now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Alright, you want to do that? I'll cast invisibility on yeah, the Yeah, that sounds good. Okay. We're going we're going to rest, right? That was the plan okay. after that battle. I, yeah, because I think we were able to almost completely heal ourselves. At great expense of wand chargers, but yes. Yeah. So we're yes. like healed but very exhausted. Yeah. Yeah. Healed but broken. Yeah. Speak for yourself. Aaron, are you doing anything uh, as you make your way back around this winding Yeah, Baron is concerned regarding how long they've been here and the barring of the doors and thinking about the idea that there might be shifts for the different types of guards that are out there. So he is still reaching out, even if everything looks okay, and um, detecting alignment as he walks along. Okay. Passing each portal to see if anything's changed, if there's more or less auras than he, he realized in the past that he's seen through. Okay. 
Um, so when you pass that room where you fought those animated statues, you get up to that first set of double doors, which you assume at this point leads out to another platform with cloud giants and ballistas. Um, and you do detect evil again. Okay. The door looks unchanged. So perhaps you got off lucky and a new shift has not come out or they've made other arrangements. Then you pass up towards the north, again, winding your way back in the direction of where you fought those cloud giant morgues. And you get to the northern door, which, if you remember, you didn't detect any alignments, any evil. And you thought it was strange. You're like, you know what? We're not going to take any chances. Let's just bar it. But as you're going by now, something strange happens. You detect a good alignment. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hold up, Metro. Hold up, Nestor. Whoa, what is it? There's a presence on the other side of this door that's unlike anything we've seen in this keep. It's, uh, well, for lack of a better term, good. Highly unusual for here. I reckon uh, we might want to hide Dalgris' body around the corner and take a look-see on the other side of this door. Um, and then Baron, if the rest of the crew helps him, we'll, we'll put Dalgris' body and rest him down. Uh, there's a little alcove around the corner from the door to have his hands free in case he's wrong. In case, you know, uh, someone's uh, being enslaved or under duress and has a good alignment, you know, Baron has an ability to detect as a different alignment mm -hmm. than he is because he's an inquisitor and we just fought an inquisitor. So he's also nervous about that. Uh, but because that changed, it's worth opening the door. Clink. Okay. So you guys take a moment, pull that bar off. And Nestor's, yeah, he's sitting around the corner. He's like leaning around with his, with his bow trained arrow, arrow knocked and pulled at the pointing at the door. Last time, it was Dalgrith and Nestor that put the wood on the door. And now Dalgrith lies in a pile around the corner. We dump him in the corner to open the door. Yeah. Should open the door, just throw him out. See what happens. Yeah. <laughs> I still think the idea of, <laughs> putting dump, a, dump, of dump, strapping a message to his chest to let, let the small folks know what's going on up <laughs> <Yeah>. here. <laughs> this will be you in a few months. <laughs> Take precautions. I've heard of a carrier pigeon, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> Send for help. Just throw it off the... <laughs> Send for help where? <laughs> Did you guys add page to the, to the note? Oh, it's... It's, 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 double, side. it's, double, it's double sided. It's double sided. Oh, oh. So awkward. We need another dwarven body. Find another corpse. Baron. It's got to be an easier way. This is the greatest sacrifice you could make to your people. <laughs> Three. Let us put page two of this note on your yeah. corpse. A like glorified envelope? <laughs> the greatest sacrifice? <laughs> they will sing songs of your bravery. <laughs> Dwarven halls. <laughs> Three of you push that bar off together. Um, and then Nestor quickly draws his bow and... What do you do? Baron, do you open the door? Creaks the door open, stealthily. And, uh... Starts shooting. 
begins firing <laughs> silently. It's like a, it's like a scene from uh, from Splinter Cell on the PlayStation <laughs> One. Yeah. You open the door and there's stairs leading down to the platform. It's a really big door. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No one will hear. <laughs> you from was that stealth check? From the angle of where you're standing, you can't see at the bottom of the stairs until you move to the top of the landing. However, you do see a semi-familiar banner, but something's different about it. Up, flapping in the wind. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Who goes there? And I think I, I like to think of this as like you know, it's nighttime, but maybe there's torches behind. Um, who this is and it's a silhouette and Baron's squinting in the light and trying to figure out who it is. Can't it's like a giant, but it's just the shadow. Yeah. Sheriff! Is that you? Will? <laughs> what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> clank, 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 clank. He comes running up the steps <laughs> in his armor. You see that the banner goes up first and that he is following behind <laughs> walking up the steps. By my stars and garters, if it isn't Sir Willem McKenzie, <laughs> and for the first time in ages, Baron's shoulders relax, his entire countenance becomes friendly, and a smile goes across his face. I didn't think. Oh, well, how things go with the family? How are you? He just hugs him. He doesn't know what to say next. <laughs> sure, if it is. Oh, you are a sight for sore eyes. Left here alone, I, I didn't know what I'd face behind that door. And here it's a welcoming committee. You've made it inside. Sense motive. <laughs> uh, and I think after having sensed his, his aura, his, his alignment, I think Baron's probably sensed Sir Will before in the past. And like, of course, this makes absolute perfect sense. Yeah. And, and you see, he looks different. You know what I mean? He looks older. And, and like, he, his hair is longer and he's got a beard. Oh, and I like He's that. got a red insignia on the front of his armor. It just, it, everything looks a little different. Baron's like, you look good. Have you been working out? <laughs> Well, yes, I have, Sheriff. Wow. Regularly. A daily regimen. Oh, wow. How did you get here? This castle is impenetrable to flying creatures. Metra. Oh, yeah, I'm still invisible. <laughs> I know that voice. <laughs> I know that voice. She is here, Sheriff. Yes. She is. And I think Baron came out of invisibility as he hugs her well. You can't do that. Unless you shoot at him. The, well, the hug is an attack. I think it's yeah. like enough uh, of it. Let's really get into it. Let's yeah. really get into yeah, it. I always want to make sure uh, let's make sure we play this by the rules. Roll to grapple, Sir Will. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if you don't have improved unarmed attack... Um, he gets an attack of opportunity. He gets an attack of yeah, opportunity. I, I got it. No, I, I, but I, I like that thought of you being invisible and kind of forgetting that you are. Like, says, Will, and just running up and, Grab, and yeah. grabbing him. Yeah, that's And that's breaking the spell. Like, I love that. <laughs> that I, just can you imagine the art of Sir Will just, like, standing on the edge of this platform and suddenly being hugged by yeah, invisible yeah. people? Yeah, yeah, popping into existence. Uh, listen, Will. It is you. L- listen, Will. Uh, I'm sure you got a lot to catch me up on, and I got a lot to catch you up on. Uh, but there's one thing uh, you should know about. And he starts whispering. Uh, without your help around, I uh, had to rely on the services of one Nestor Coin again. He's inside. Nestor. Yeah. Nestor. You found him. 
guess, and uh, although I attempted to bring him to justice, it seems fates greater than my control intervened, and for the time being, he may be um, one of our last hopes to stop the storm tyrant before he marches on all the small folk. We said the same thing before, sir. Yes. And he killed one of our own. He did. I, I can confess that I haven't had a good night's sleep in all the time we've uh, begun traveling together again, but we seem to have reached a bit of an agreement. Uh, although I am not myself a thief, I sometimes uh, do things uh, a little outside of the bounds of law, so I, I consider it honor among thieves, for lack of a better term. Well, Sheriff... We had an arrangement once, that I was to follow you, that I was to do your bidding, and I stand by that oath. I cannot claim to be beyond leaning on the better attributes of those of an evil bent. I was flown here by a dragon. Who says she knows you? Hmm. Oxymara? Yes. My God, I haven't seen her since Skiergard. You know a dragon? Yeah, it's a long story. Sorry, Metra. Metra, I would really love to see you. <laughs> yeah, well, please. No, please. we're in a very dangerous situation. She reaches out and makes Sir Will invisible as well. <laughs> so we're all just voices. <laughs> we're all yeah. just voices. And we can't see one another. Well, you have yeah. true seeing on all the time, right? Yeah, I can see everyone. Yeah. I mean, Baron could cast uh, Sea Invisibility on himself, but he's not got it on this. Why don't you guys talk on the Ethereal Plane? Yeah. It's yeah, just safer that way. Let's step into the Ethereal Plane. <laughs> oh, God, face fighters. Yeah. <laughs> Everywhere. But yeah, they'll say... We have joined forces with her as well, and I sensed in her, Sheriff, an evil greater than anything I have ever encountered. A fire and a rage burned within her belly that was terrifying. But we have a common goal, and I will understand this choice with Nesta, but I will not turn a blind eye to him again. Nor should you. Nor should you. Once we settle things here, and that is a big if, Sir Will. Things can be settled in their own way and in their own time, and you will do what your heart sees is right. Yes, murder. (laughs) (laughs) I like this new Sir Will. He's so edgy. So edgy, though. Yeah, this is dark. (laughs) Uh, um, No, he says, yes, the greater threat lies before us. Let us focus our energies there. Nesta, can you hear me? And you hear Nestor say, It's a funny thing. I thought I didn't believe in the gods. But now I can see that they're real. And they are pissing all over my head. And you see this arrow come out of nowhere, like boom, and like sink into the stone right at Sir Will between Sir Will's feet. It's like, <laughs> a little, little uh, flash of electricity as it lodges into the stone, and Nestor appears, and says, uh, "No, nah, I'm only joking. Never thought I'd say this, but I am actually glad to see you, little man." 
And I never thought I'd say this. But I forgive you, Nesta. Well, it's not forgiveness I crave, but I appreciate the thought. Anyway. It's like I've blown one of our spells for dramatic effect. If we get moving. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, what is it you've encountered in here? And then, like... We'll start moving and talking because he wants to get caught up on how dangerous it is. What are their defenses like, etc. And uh, we catch him up entirely, telling about Renfall maybe being our only ally who we met in there. And as they're walking, talking, uh, Baron God himself pointing. God <laughs> <Yeah>. himself, <laughs> you spoke with him. You should see his penis. Um, <laughs> and uh, he he points at like each area where each battle happened and where where the enemies were. And as they're walking, it dawns upon Baron. He says. Where's Where's Lexington, Will? You came here on, on barefoot? We need you at full fight and strength. Lexington is always around these days. He... he follows me wherever I go, Sheriff. <laughs> he is... <laughs> Troy's put a smear of blood on the ground, like, leading up to Doug's body. <laughs> <laughs> He's just playing on Roll20. <laughs> Just dicking around. I'm gonna start 20. doing that, Ed, when you write your 15 minute scenes for yourself to play. I was just trying to leave a trail of blood so that you'd know to be like, oh, by the way. Oh, right. Here he is. <laughs> but yeah, there is a trail of blood leading. There's a dead dwarf over there. <laughs> Who's that? You've seen it. Uh, I forget what I was saying, but it's fine. Always with you. Lexington's yeah, yeah, yeah. always with you. These days, Lexington is always with me. He, whatever happened at Highbury. It. He has not spoke of it to me, for he cannot speak. <laughs> Something changed in him, Sheriff. <laughs> so you're broken up? What's, what's going on here? No, he moves now with the very grace of Iomede. I can call him to my side at any moment. My God. And perhaps we should get to somewhere safe, for he would not be invisible. Okay. My God, all right. So we headed to Renfall's room. Yeah. All right, so you drag Togwit's body around. Just leaving a big trail. Okay, <laughs> all right. <laughs> you see the bodies of the morgues as well, but none are as horrifying as this trail of blood you're leaving <laughs> uh, on your way back to Renfall's chamber. What what befell your companion? And I, you don't have to answer. I'm just saying. He asks. He doesn't just ignore the dead dwarf. And uh, we let him know. And we let him know how wonderfully played he was by um, by Dalgrith. How how all life was a stage, and no, none was larger than the battlefield. He sounds. He might have heard of him. Like he was famous. Yes, that's right. So that. Is Dolgrith Deathbringer? Yes. Apparently death becomes him as it will us all. But let me tell you, he was the bravest of dwarves I've ever met. And he uh, may have saved all of our lives through his bravery and uh, kept this mission going. Still painful for Baron to talk about, obviously. Mm. It's pretty fresh. Yeah. <laughs> pretty fresh, just like the trail of blood leading in here that Troy <laughs> has drawn on the map. I moved it. Oh, thank you. I moved the trail. <laughs> Now it's a pool in the corner of the room, so that's good. Yeah. Yeah, and Dograth is invisible, but the blood that falls off of his body is surely not. 
It's in the text of the spell. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Amityville Horror. It's just this pool of blood spreading out of nowhere in the corner <laughs> of this room. <laughs> I think as we get in here, too, like, this is all doesn't need to be played out, but, like, we're catching Sir Will up on, on what happened, but we're also letting him know of our new tactical capabilities in battle since it's been so long since we fought with him. Like, it would be important for him to understand all of Metra's capabilities in particular. Um, And the safeguards in place within the castle, too, like the limitations that we face. Yeah. And then he'll he'll catch you up as well um, on what he's been working on. uh, And he says, after after Highbury, Metra knows what happened there I set myself to becoming what I feel I was meant to be not a knight of the order of the shield but a true paladin of Iomede I knew that it was only my faith that would bring me the strength I needed to serve any value in your fight against these giants. And so with respect, I have laid down my banners and started anew. As a follower of Iomade, I bring her justice and her vengeance to the storm tyrant. And he looks at Metra and to Brander. These are happy words. We have a considerable task ahead of us if we're ever to reach Brander. And we, have we, and we, we also should catch him up on our last encounter with Brander. Yes. After, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Or, actually, no, you haven't told us that, right, Baron? You haven't, sh- you haven't shared some of the I can't remember details. if we, we talked about it, but, yeah, we let him know that Brander came to me uh, at the top of Ash Peak in this holy place, and... Uh, you know, like many encounters with Brander, I must left with more questions than answers going out of there. And that he is, um, you know, perhaps even more dangerous of a variable going into these final moments than even Noximara on some levels. He just seems to continually grow in power, influence, and capability. And... Uh, Right now, in many ways, like it has in the past, it feels as if we are playing into his very hands. But there is not much else to do by ways of compromise or alternate routes. Um, In this room, I can sense a powerful presence. There was once good works done here. This place is not all evil, is it? The place itself has no alignment. It is a, a tool to be used by those in power. We learn from the spirit of one of those good people, Renfall, that there was a power struggle around who should ascend the throne of this place. During such a struggle, uh, the... Uh, allies of the storm tyrant uh, coalesced into something that threw over that power and uh, 
Right now, we know that the Storm Tyrant may control the entire movement of this castle with a diadem he wears atop his very head. We, we, we have access to the engine room. We can show it to you. And we might be able to affect the uh, very trajectory of this place. But for how long until he takes over, uh, it's not worth the risk. We got to go straight to the man in charge. Just as the plan always was. Sometimes as complicated as things get, it's the simplest solution. That's the one to pursue. By the way, when you said Paladin of Yomadai, am I misremembering and thinking that Sir Will also used to have appreciation for Shaylin? Yes. And does this institute uh, or represent uh, uh, um, a hardening of your heart, a, a radicalization, a re-embracement, and uh, a skewment of Shaylin and, and that type of thing? No, Sheriff. Shaylin will always have a place in my heart and in my family. But I've come to the realization that the pursuit of beauty and the love of art may be something we fight for, but it cannot be weaponized against our enemies. Mm. It is Iomaday that will give us the peace we seek, for these giants that we come up against at this stage are not interested in talking. They are not interested in repentance they will only respond to violence this is nice to hear this is a bit more practical approach from you I've never really bought into the efficacy of beauty on the battlefield but this is much better this is a much better line of thought from you yeah whatever's happened to you I approve I'm glad you approve Nestor <laughs> Um, oh, and so I just wanted to say that uh, mechanically, what I was saying when I said he's putting down the order, uh, the he's no longer a member of the Order of the Shield, is uh, that over this time, um, looking at Sir Will's build and stuff like that, and talking with Troy about bringing him back in at this level, uh, I took a bunch of like the gold difference between the two levels, and I retrained. A bunch oh, of stuff. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so I I went through them. We we walked through the mechanics. This is all off air, but we, it's all out of ultimate campaign. And basically, with uh, five days time and a gold value that's multiplied by the level, you can unlearn levels mm-hmm. and then learn a new level. So I retrained out all of his cavalier levels, and he's a full fifteenth level paladin. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow! Oh man! <laughs> yeah. Okay, that should be fun. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, so it was, uh, you know, it sort of touched on it in the training montage, you know, but I was like, I could write for hours, like, multiple scenes of, like, what the training took and stuff, uh, but it was just going to get kind of exhaustive just, like, reading that in a podcast. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, if you could see it in a movie, it would look amazing, uh, the different stuff. But one of those things that I also retrained out of the archetype that he was, uh, which was actually easy because... Retraining out of the archetype costs one thing. Retraining a new archetype costs double. But I didn't need a new archetype. I just went to straight regular paladin. Okay. Um, And so the archetype he had before the Divine Defender was all focused on, like, armor and defending your teammates and Mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. And at this level, I mean, just looking at it, it was like useless yeah. it was like it was like a plus 3d all of your acs you know what i mean but it's just like maybe for baron it makes a difference but like it makes for the a rest big difference i mean it could make a big difference for metro metro 
Not really, man. It's like these guys hit forty five. Yeah, like we're getting I mean? hit by so much every time. At least on like early attacks. That yeah, it's yeah. And if you're just so anyway, I, I was just. And by the way, that's not just like an aura. That's like that's a standard action in the combat. Just to do that, and then uh, I have you know what I mean. So it's yeah. like it adds up, and it starts to be a little ridiculous. So anyway, I trained out of that and trained into standard paladin, which gave me a new divine uh, bond, and so I took divine bond mount. Uh, which is uh, why I say Lexington, like something happened at Highbury, basically. So wow. like now he is, uh, he gets the celestial template and he becomes like, literally, he's a magical beast. Magical wolf. So oh, he's wow. now actually, <laughs> technically, wow. a magical wolf. He can finally climb stairs. <laughs> yeah, 11th level. He can climb <laughs> stairs. Oh, God, I love that. <laughs> He's actually, by the book, a magical wolf. <laughs> I, I, like, now I want to rethink that whole scene at Highbury, and, like, there's actually a scene we didn't see where Lexington was killed. Yes. Instead of coming back as a zombie, he, he ascended to the celestial plane and came back like Gandalf the White. Exactly, yeah. and it's like, I feel like Will didn't know it at first when he saw him at... Uh, I'm blanking on the name of his mother's estate, but uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't notice it right then because he's flesh and blood. You know what I mean? Like he's right there. But then Adriel was probably like sensed it and explained what probably had to break the news to him. Like, yeah, uh, some bad news here. Good news, bad news. Yeah, good news, bad news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so it's really fun. He's got a host of new abilities now that are all just basic paladin abilities, but they're they're really fun and and. yeah, just sort of rebuilt him for a boatload of cash. Uh, but it's been, we, we reasoned over time, it's been 40 or 50 days since he parted from uh, Baron. Scout, yeah, because they would have been the journey from, because you weren't in Skiergard, right? Yeah, he was never in Skiergard. Yeah, so he left everything right that happened Skiergard. in Skiergard, and then the, the transition from Skiergard through Yander, oh, not Yanderhof, uh, what was the other Skiergard? No, this guy's a little... Uh, Kragadon. Kragadon. Oh, Kragadon. Kragadon yeah. And then the journey to Ashby. Like, that was a lot of hand And even those there. journeys were like, yeah, a week at a time or whatever, five days. Yeah, and then all the time you spent in Ashby. Mm-hmm. Um, I also really like how burnt out Will was in some of those flashbacks now because it makes me think of trying to retrain yourself at such a high level and having crises of faith even becoming a paladin and you know you probably that's the thing that the book maybe doesn't always emphasize there's probably like a lot of scripture being read and like um words of affirmation and whatnot the acts of iomade and those cutscenes yeah. that we had where you're like fighting off undead and while you're trying to retrieve certain items you know this is all part of the, the sort of cinematic journey of these level ups to get adriel and sir will uh, at a commensurate level to the team um, yeah, we just kind of kept it moving in terms of that. But there's yeah. a lot of new fun stuff. So yeah, we'll see how long but I, I also he survives a whole combat. It's also perfect just in terms of I could see someone retraining from where you were to be a paladin. But if you retrain to become a, a, a witch or something like that, it wouldn't make any sense. But like this is like <laughs> yeah. swinging your sword differently, wearing armor differently, mm-hmm. communing with your, your deity differently, but like all in the same kind of ballpark. I really like it. Yeah, this really is just forging a bond with your god in a way. Yes, exactly. And that that's my whole image of like the change in his appearance, the change in his sigil, the change in all of it is this like full devotion to Iomade and no longer to, you know, 
nobility at all, yeah, or the yeah. knightly arts of nobility. Yeah, it's, it's just kind of it's now the it's world. Just, those are worldly concerns exactly. that are just not not his concern anymore. It's, mm-hmm. like he's, it's uh, kind of like you've forsaken your 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 inheritance as a mm-hmm. yeah as a Keswick, and you've devoted yourself entirely yeah. to in a way. I don't believe it's like gone into a holy order, like I, taking I the cloth. Yeah, yeah in a way, <laughs> I, the black. I believe I believe that he feels mm-hmm. his inheritance, any possibility of it, which it was already slim to begin with is lost any resurrection of the family is lost uh and so yes he becomes almost you know uh yes like a like this holy warrior uh but he does seek to um resurrect the the memory you know of highbury and and to seek out vengeance on brander and those who orchestrated the end of highbury so he's still very much concerned with highbury but the Keswick part is not uh, the focus anymore. It's not, not important. Right. Yeah. Which is why he didn't mind. Like, he made his own new sigil, and he's sort of out there on his own now. What is the sigil? It's a griffin? It's a griffin to represent, you know, the uh, uh, Iomade and his family, because uh, his, like, great-great-grandfather uh, rode a griffin into battle uh, that started the house. And then uh, the wolf on the other side, uh, just representing a new form of fighting and a new form of mounted combat. Uh, and then, uh, black. So, you know, uh, what do you call it when it's the opposite color? Uh, inverted. Yeah. Like inverted. Okay. Cause the original was white. And then on the blood red field, just representing the, uh, the, the blood of Highbury yeah. and, and how it was, you know, how everybody died and just that memory. It is no longer green verdant fields at Highbury. It is a field of blood and duels. My favorite thing that you've ever done. <laughs> yeah, that's really that's really cool. Sable and gules. <laughs> so at a certain point, you know, as you're resting, because you're going to want to rest, um, you're able to catch Sir Will up on what life has been like since you entered Ironcloud Keep. How you have, to the best of your knowledge, cleared out this level of the keep uh, how you've gone underneath uh, to the propulsion ducts where you lost Algrith and found a massive bomb uh, that looks like if you just look at it the wrong way it will explode and how you came very close uh, to having Nestor set it off Um, and there are two staircases leading up as far as you know there's no other place to go Baron feels pretty confident in his stone cunning that it would have to be a really good secret door that you missed. Doesn't mean you didn't miss one. But there are two staircases that you see uh, that would lead elsewhere in the keep. They both go up. Uh, There's one... down where that cold room was, the or the with the with the jackets and whatnot. Oh yeah. And then there's uh, another staircase to the north in that second storage room area similar to the, the the room where you first fought those morgues. So maybe the backups came from that room. There's another staircase there to the north. Um, so yeah, you're, you're fully rested. Um, you know, whatever that means for how, if you're at full full, I don't know how much you used on the wand, but you get all your powers and stuff back. Um, but Sir Will, you are mouthless. Yeah, so he will take that opportunity in the morning to say... Sheriff, let me show you what Lexington can do now. 
And uh, you know, it really is nicer having him around without that bloody dog. <laughs> it really is. Just everything about him is improved from my perspective. It's just very nice. The smell was terrible. It's just not to take care of. It. It's great. I'm sorry to disappoint you, Nesta, but I think you'll find that Lexington's smell has quite changed of late. For he is an outsider. What? And uh, he's going <laughs> to summon Mount. Uh, this is an ability you get with the Divine Mount line of Paladin. Uh, once per day is a full round action. A Paladin may magically call her Mount to her side. <laughs> this ability is the equivalent of a spell. I'm not going to say that because somebody's going to point out why I can't use it. Uh, is there, I was going to ask, is there a duration on that? <laughs> the Mount immediately appears adjacent to the Paladin. Uh, I thought that, that, you know, I was going to look to see if there was like a range on it and everything, but there's no range, man. It is a celestial wolf. That is pretty cool. But, <laughs> but does it matter that the wolf is not on the celestial plane? Um, no. No. I don't. <laughs> it can, Shut it up. It can travel through <laughs> the celestial Shut plane up. to yeah. get to him. How about uh, where, why don't you read your spells? Uh, <laughs> all right. Here we go. <laughs> so, so what do you do? He's going to begin this ritual that he's never uh, attempted before, which doesn't, re- you know, doesn't require a lot except uh, a prayer to Ioma Day and uh, requesting the presence of Lexington. And Lexington hears it from afar, wherever he is at the cathedral, and uh, he must go. So, yeah, he, he does this prayer, uh, and then... You just see like a teleporter in uh, uh, in Star Trek: The Next Generation, like <laughs> this white light, and then the light starts to take shape. Then there's a sitting wolf. Sorry, oh, here we go. I was listening. Did you say a teleporter? From yeah, what is it? Transporter. <laughs> Transporter. <Sorry. Yeah>. Uh, <laughs> tele- I like teleporter. That's fine. It's a very different piece of machinery. It's true. <laughs> Teleport me up, Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's what they say. Classic line. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, all right, Kirk, roll D100. Uh, all right, so he appears there. There he is. There he is in all his celestial glory. Uh, also, I put him on the interesting map. change in Lexington. Oh. Um, he is no longer armored. He oh. is, he's merely wearing... Uh, a sort of a cloth covering that has the um, the uh, the new sigil on it. A tabard a saddle. Yeah, a tabard and a saddle. Uh, <laughs> and the tabard goes up and over and between his eyes and down. So it's sort of like it covers, it goes over his face and, and over his back. Uh, but he does, he's not wearing But no, no barding. Armor. No more barding. <laughs> oh, come on. Jesus, there he is. Choi is uh, chosen to use a picture of an eviscerated wolf. Yeah. Yes. A gutted wolf. Unfortunately, <laughs> he is called to you in his current state. <laughs> oh! And while you're, away, to know? while you're away, he was... He was in the belly of a giant red dragon. Yes. And now, sadly, that is what is called to you. <laughs> when you said he's no longer wearing armor, he's merely... And then paused. I was sure you were going to say, he's merely... Wearing clothes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's in jeans and a button down. Yeah. Jeans and a button down. <laughs> hey, guys. Hey. Hello, everyone. Leather uh, jacket. How goes it in the castle? Where's the keg, by the way? <laughs> this was a black tie event. 
Lexington. <laughs> is Lexington large or no? He's a medium creature. He is a medium creature. There he yeah. is. That is the actual Lexington. So if it smells like brimstone when Nightcrawler or a demon arrives via transportation or teleportation, whichever Star Trek or Star Wars or whatever you're watching, what does it smell like when Lexington arrives? Like a Febreze bomb? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think that's good. Yeah, it smells like wet dog. No, no. It's, yeah, it smells like fabric softener. <laughs> whatever happens, it wisteria. Like- <laughs> it smells like apple blossoms. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you've got your magical wolf. You uh, you leave Dalgrith there. Do you hide him? Do you put uh, a tarp over him? God, <laughs> throw him down the shaft. We, gr- we grab some hay and we throw it on no, top. Uh, of it. Soak up the blood. No, <laughs> Sir will will uh, re- request that he is laid on the. Uh, Torture table, but it, it's not a torture table anymore. It just so happens to be a torture table. <laughs> like to rest on the rack. Yeah, Sir Will, I don't know what you've gotten into in intervening time, but leave me alone, Matt. Okay. Leave the room if you don't like it. <laughs> I have a request. Do we have to yank out? And he just starts grinding the gears, ripping the corpse apart. Leave the room if you don't like it. This is it. part of my new course of devotion. Right. Um, <laughs> He's gonna set Dalgrith down on this table. He will uh, he he will consecrate the table and uh, make it, despite its appearance, make it a holy altar. Uh, All right, well, let's not go too far. He will, <laughs> and he will uh, grab a sheet or something and put it over. Him. Can you cast gentle repose? <clears throat> no, man. No. We should have everyone show up with a scroll of gentle repose, all of our backup characters. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we dump Dogwraith's body off the side of the castle with the message on it, on the back he'll say, P.S. Bring a scroll of gentle, gentle repose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shoot. Bring four. Really? It's, like, it's like a life insurance policy. It's like for Mutual of Omaha, you get like your scroll of gentle, gentle repose. repose. <laughs> I really should have done that. For a mere $6 a month. <laughs> Less than the price of a cup of coffee. A subscription. <laughs> gentle repose of the month. <laughs> the, latest, the latest in gentle repose scroll technology. Hey, did you see uh, Gentle Repose Weekly? Some good articles in there. About this year's scrolls are looking great. They're getting a lot more time out of it than they were a year ago. <laughs> I really, mean, the technology has come yeah, so far. Yeah. In my day, the hour, two hours tops, that corpse was rotting again. But these days, man. And we, were, and we thought that was amazing. Yeah, I know. Day. We were like amazed. We were like, holy shit. <laughs> Did you see all general poses are going to have to be electric by 2030? <laughs> no, I actually I've been saying that, that for years. No, I support that. I think it's, I think it's good. Uh, with, the amount, with the amount of corpses showing up in Galarian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so smoggy. Yeah. True now. Yeah. All right, so what staircase are you going to go to? You're ready to go. You're ready to roll. Uh, north, I guess. What? Or was it? I think we're just, we're way closer to the southern staircase. It's like one room over. So that's true. I figure it's in the room with all the cold weather outfits. So actually, yeah. I mean, maybe that means that up, whatever's up that stairs is super frigid. Maybe that's what those. Maybe or are right those there the for outside? outside are those there for people in there going to the? Like, yeah, powder? that's where you first found one of the cloud engineer badges. Right. Uh, yeah. Mixed in with those. Let's go that way. Okay. Just be ready. Are you ready for it to be cold? Okay. Nestor, would you mind checking for traps this time? Yeah. No, actually, well, now it does fall on me, doesn't it? Well, if you, if you wouldn't mind. It's a shame. I'm gonna miss him. 
for that, but yeah, I'll, with a, with a, with a heavy heart, I will take on that mantle. Yes. So he is going to search for traps. Natural fucking twenty. Nice. Huge. Nice. So uh, you're just checking up the stairs. Uh, yeah, the staircase. Yeah. Yeah. So you look up there and you don't see any traps. The stairs are high. I'm not going to make any roll any climb checks just because it'll bog the game down and there's really no penalty for failing, but you have to move slow. Like, you actually uh, have to kind of pull yourself up these massive steps. It's like a Honey, I Shrunk the Kid vibe. Like, that's how big. Not quite that big, but you like everything is made for people larger than us. Yes, yes. That's the impression you want to get. Like, these are big-ass giants. It's like the episode of Rick and Morty. Where they go to the giant castle. Exactly. Oh like, god, that I think ending. we made that same yeah. <laughs> reference earlier. Um, all right, you know it's a funny thing. There are only so many levels to Iron Cloud Keep. Mm, really? And uh, it's not infinite. No, despite what you may think, Matthew, it is not. <laughs> That's infinite. what I thought. <laughs> and so every time we we pass a map, it's like all right. Only so many maps left in this campaign. <laughs> Let's go to the new map. Oh my god! Oh, oh no! Oh. oh, and it's so huge. It's you gotta find where we are on this thing. Oh, it's oh there so huge. Oh, there, there it is. There we are. Um, feel free to place your party order any way you want. What is that? I'll be in the back. What is that? <laughs> Some like a pair of. Weird objects in the northwest corner of this big room. Is that a catapult? I maybe it's a mining shaft. It looks like a mining shaft. Yeah, that's what it is. But that's the, exactly what it, it is. It looks like a wooden radio tower. Like it's like an oil rig and a mine shaft, like right next to each other. So, who is up front? And you can travel two by two. These are wide enough stairs, if you so choose. Nestor would be up front. Right. From merit of him checking for traps. Okay. So maybe Nestor solo and then you guys uh, oh. in a 1-2 or a 1-1-1 one, one, one formation. <clears throat> Stealthing. After you, Sir Will. Thank you, my lady. Sir Will will uh, trot up just behind Nestor and next to Baron. Uh, wow. Just inspired to be near the sheriff again and just seeing it. Uh, also how his faith has grown. Oh. Since he last sir, saw Sir Will tandem growth but in very different directions in different ways so i was re-listening which i love to do as troy knows uh big re-listener because well because of the whole sir will thing so i was listening to episode 133 skid you're not allowed to comment anybody know the title of episode 133 any ideas i'll give you a hint we'd be in book three at that point it was the first episode in the studio the old studio. The old studio. The old. Oh, first, really? First episode that we were not in a living room of ours. Uh, yeah, so we're book three, which You remember was... the title of the first episode from the studio? No. No, no idea. If you gave me more about the episode, maybe. Uh, it was name. our arrival in Yonderhof. Yonderhof. Wow. Uh, what wow. was the title okay. of that episode? I do remember that. I do remember. It, it, I'll tell you what. Do with the hat, if you guess it, I'll give you a bottle cap. <laughs> a Joe bottle cap Grant <laughs> Oh man I try to Hide that part of my life From my brain As far as possible God that studio Was so tiny 
tiny. I know. It's crazy. Oh, but we were raving about it. We were like, this is the greatest thing. Wait, so was that the day where we spent six uh, six hours trying to figure out what the the buzz was coming from the other other room? And Skid says it. He's like, it took us 12 hours to set up this episode, and we're going to kill each other before it's over. (laughs) Um, Oh, God. It is Fantastic Priests and And Where where to to Find Them. them. Uh, Good title. Yeah, it it was a good title. That's why why I brought it up. But uh, interesting episode. And one of the first things that Baron does is he wants to go and speak to a priest of Torag about wanting to become an inquisitor of Mm. Torag. And he, that priest says and goes into detail about what a different path he's choosing by choosing inquisitor versus cleric of Torag and what that means. Was I playing the the priest? Oh, okay. And you were just saying like... So you are choosing a more militant path. Oh, wow, right. Uh, oh, that's cool. And he was like, it's very different. You know, I, I hope you understand the challenges. How do you, and Baron has like a breakdown. He weeps in front of this guy because of all the the loss and the death and the horrible things that have happened. And Because Della had just died and Umlo had died. And Umlo died because he let Nestor in the party. So Baron was just all broken up. It's a good app. It's a good app. Oh, that's cool. I, I forgot all about that. So, uh, yeah, I was just re-listening to hear, like, Sir Will and, you know, his, his last moments that we saw him in the active story. And so, yeah. All right. So you come up here and you see quite an interesting room, a couple different hallways leading off in each direction. Nestor, what is your, the limits of your dark vision? Uh, it's 60 feet. Okay. So, yeah, seeing what he can up to his limit, and he just reaches back, hand gesture, calls Metra up to get a better look. Okay. It is uh, it's actually dim light up ahead, so oh, okay. I think all of you have uh, capabilities for that. What is Sir Will's light situation? I know that these guys can all see <clears throat> dim and dark. Uh, he has the same goggles that Nestor has. Great. Okay, so... Had. Had. Sorry. Had. Uh, takes them out, puts them on. Metra, where are you? I'm in the back. You're in the back. Okay, so you'll be able to see a little bit more when I mean, Metro turns the corner. So if you want to get if up Nestor there, Nestor calls me up there, I'll, yeah. I'll pop. Yeah, Nestor, check the stairs. The stairs look okay. Um, you look up ahead and... It's, it's uh, more the monsters I'm worried about. Yeah, the monsters uh, I'll reveal to you shortly. <laughs> there are no monsters. Uh, but there's a lot going on in this room. So here's what I'll do. I'm going to reveal... This is uh, what Metra can see. Metra, you can see a little deeper into this space. Oh, this is big. It's blocked off by these big shelves. So... In the is back it, of the room. Is it outside? No, it's inside. Yeah, no, you're, you're inside. In the back, only Metra can see these freestanding giant-sized shelves that uh, almost go all the way up to the top of the ceiling uh, and block off the northern section of what looks like maybe a, a storage area. Um, there is a, a relatively narrow free passage along the west wall. Uh, to the to the left of these bookcases, uh, again only Metra can see uh, that deep into there. Um, in front of that, uh, and this is part of these mechanisms and weird things you were looking at, is a steel gantry at the base of this dismantled winch next to a gaping square mouth of a dark shaft in the floor. So you'd think that this is probably the shaft that leads down to the trapped elevator from below. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. There are archways exiting the space to the east and the west. You're, of course, coming up from the south. 
this gantry. Let's talk about the gantry. It actually looks like the remains of a mighty gantry made of one-foot-thick steel bars sitting at the top of a 15-foot square shaft that goes down into darkness. Um, there's no light coming here from the shaft, obviously. Uh, what little remains of the winch and pulley system that you would think was used to lift the platform, it just lies in pieces next to a long, thick chain coiled on the floor around the shaft. Ceilings are about 50 feet high, and those shelves in the back go 49 and a half feet. <laughs> uh, would you cut our little perception check, or, do you, or have you given us most of everything before we start moving into the room? Uh, yeah, feel free. Uh, roll perception. What are you looking for in particular? Just listening to see if there's anything. Mm-hmm. You know, I, mean, I can see invisibility. I can sure. see on the ethereal plane. Uh, that is going to be a... 28. I'm sorry? 40. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's quite a difference. Now that sounded like a lie. 30. 30. 30. 30. Um, I looked at... I looked at two different skills and then made up a number. <laughs> it was like negotiating for a new car. Uh, all right, so general perception. You don't hear anything. You don't see anything. It's very eerie. It's still pretty f- far away from the the room itself. You can tell that this room just goes on. You don't know how deep the room is, but from where you're standing, you don't hear or see anything. Sheriff, allow me to go in and take a look. Should there be any danger inside, I would like to face it first. Just be careful, Will. People here hit harder than anything I've ever seen. Don't get caught by surprise. Understood. Uh, and he's going. I just took Lexington off the map, so I don't have to move both all the time. Uh, okay. I'll just take him out when he's not when I'm not mounted. Uh, so he's mounted on Lexington, and he will trot in about. 20 feet uh, where it starts to open up and then do a perception. Uh, oh, wow. 11. <laughs> oh, my God. <sighs> wow. You did a bunch of training, right? Before you came here? <laughs> yeah, Paladins still don't have skills. Head on a swivel. Yeah. I mean, you basically, you know, all armored up and shit. You just go in and say, all right, whatever's going to hit me, try to hit me. You probably got a helmet on with like little slits. Yeah. Uh, he's got the well. It's open, uh, open in the face, and so he puts. That's where he puts the little goggles. Uh, wait, is it dark or is it just low light? Dim light. Dim light. Okay. He hates wearing the goggles, but even in dim light, it's a freaking mischance. So fuck that. Uh, all right, he will trot uh, into the room, into the middle. Okay. And what is everybody else doing? We let Will prove himself. Yeah, he so. seemed really <laughs> intent on doing this on his own. So, okay, see what he's. I'm kidding. We'll follow. Him. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you follow. Um, Nestor hangs back a bit by just at the threshold where the room starts to widen out, but he lets the rest go in. Okay. Sir Will leads the charge. The rest of you uh, come up a little closer. Um, go ahead and give me another perception check. Twenty-two. Thirty-nine. Thirty-seven. Uh, Twenty-eight. Uh, Thirty-five against traps. Okay. A couple different things happen. Oh. Sir Will, you are focused on other things. 
What other things? Wolf Besides Dander. The Wolf Dander. Possible enemies. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to find a way of saying your perception sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a 22. You're reading a pamphlet on uh, Day <laughs> while trotting across the room. Uh, you know, you're looking. 26 is just low enough to not uh, notice the couple of things that are about to happen. Nestor, Baron, and Metra. Metra, you had an uneasy feeling with your first check. Now that you're a little further in, you hear something. Maybe a, a slight shuffling coming from the back portion of the room. Again, you don't know how deep it is, but I will say... Away from us? Away from you. Now that you're uh, further into the room, Metro, you can see where the room ends. It ends about, oh, 50 or feet away from the gantry. Um, There's a back wall there. Multiple uh, shelves blocking off this uh, eastern portion of the room. A little passageway. Do the, the shelves west. go to the ceiling? All the way to the ceiling. Maybe a tiny little space above them. And the three of you hear a little shuffling. But Nestor, yeah. <laughs> our slayer, our rogue, senses something else and looks over at the shaft and sees that coiled chain <gasps> slowly making its way right around Lexington's Leg. Oh no! And we'll see you next week. Oh, oh no! God. Um, um. What did I tell you? <laughs> what did I say? I said the first combat we have, you're gonna immediately remove the mouth, and and that's it. And I'm just gonna fucking die. Like I gar- I knew it without any question. <laughs> you went forward. <laughs> Could have been anybody else. Uh, for God's sakes! Welcome back. Welcome back. <laughs> Chains. What has to be dies? Can you call them back? Uh, yeah, so you go back to the celestial plane. Enjoy the rest of your three-player campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking legs. Always has to be legs. Always has to be tripped, grappled, paralyzed. <laughs> Trip, grappled, paralyzed. <laughs> Every combat. TGP, baby. <laughs> Always be tripping. <laughs> Chase be tripping. Glass Cannon Podcast is a Glass Cannon Network production and is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Giant Slayer is copyright 2015. Giant Slayer and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Welcome to a journey into the heart of the Texas Renaissance Festival, the nation's largest and rowdiest celebration of medieval fantasy. But what lurks beneath the facade of tights and turkey legs? Well, we dove deep into the empire to uncover a history marred by mystery and misconduct, murders, assaults, and other crimes that tarnish its legacy. This isn't just a fairy tale. It's a cautionary tale of power, fantasy, and the consequences that follow when they all collide. Search for Crime Waves Renaissance Texas on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now.